0: Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite UtilSat 16A on 11.512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB S2, modulation 8PSK audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Michail Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. Bucharest authorities have set up a crisis response team and announced measures to fight the effects of the scorching heat that will be affecting Romania this coming weekend. Tarom trade unionists are protesting and calling for higher salaries. And four football teams are playing today in the Europa Conference League preliminaries. Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi has today submitted his resignation and that of his government to President Sergio Mattarella who has asked him to remain in office for the interim management of the current affairs. The announcement was made by the head of state's office in a statement taken over by international news agencies. The Prime Minister won a vote of confidence in the Senate on Wednesday, but three parties, the most important in the ruling coalition, the Five Star Movement, Lega and Forza Italia, did not take part in the vote even though the senators were present. The technocrat appointed in 2021 to lead a government of national unity during the recovery from the impact of the pandemic and a vast program of reforms has been very popular. 2000 mayors and business leaders across the country have publicly asked him to continue his term. Trade unionists from the national air transport company Tarom are organizing today for an hour a protest rally in front of the company's headquarters in Otopen near Bucharest. They are dissatisfied with the fact that the company's administration does not want to approve the required salary increase. Employees say they want a decent salary, but have been treated superficially by the company's management during collective bargaining. They demand an increase in the salary budget of 35%. Some of the employees will be fired in the following days after they fail the professional evaluation test. Romanian authorities have established a set of measures valid this summer during periods when weather alerts are issued. Starting today, a response team is operational and first aid shelters equipped with drinking water have been set up. Also, the population will be regularly informed and the authorities will coordinate together with NGOs actions to help vulnerable people. The Secretary of State with the Ministry of Interior, Raed Rafad, spoke about banning the use of open fire for burning stubble and dry vegetation, but also about the monitoring of forest areas, in particular those frequented by tourists. The authorities recommend avoiding travelling or alternating it with rest in air-conditioned spaces, especially for people suffering from certain diseases and the elderly. Environment Minister Tankos Barna has pointed out that in the current drought conditions, watering gardens with drinking water is a terrible waste, arguing that some local governments will have to impose restrictions in this regard. The Minister of Transport, Sorin Grindanu, has also stated that the national railway company, Cefere Calatori, could reduce during the heatwave the number of passengers in the carriages that have no air conditioning. In some counties, temporary restrictions have been imposed for heavy road traffic. Spain continues to be the country hardest hit by the heat wave that has affected Western and Southern Europe. Nearly 700 deaths have been reported as being caused by the extreme heat. Also, thousands of hectares of forest are still on fire, and the wind hampers the firefighters' efforts. The fire in Zamora, in the community of castilla y leon the largest ever reported, continues to burn mainly due to the wind. In France, the southwestern Gironde region has been hit by heat waves and fires that have destroyed more than 200 square kilometers of land. In Portugal, authorities extended the alert after temperatures began to rise again. About 900 firefighters are involved in extinguishing the fires in Vila Real, in the north of the country, where two people lost their lives due to the fires. After a few days of bearable temperatures, the thermometers rose again to over 40 degrees Celsius in Portugal. And our sports for Romanian football teams are playing today in the second preliminary round of the Europa Conference League. The Cefere Cluj champion will meet at home the Interclub Descal team from Andorra, and the winner of the Romanian Cup, Sepsi Oseka Sfântu Gheorghe, will also play at home with Olimpia Ljubljana of Slovenia. FCSB and Universitatea Craiova will play away from home with FC Saburtalo of Georgia and Vilažnia Skoder of Albania, respectively. The return game is scheduled this week. Romanian Irina Begu has qualified for the quarterfinals of the WTA 250 tournament in Palermo, Italy, with total prizes of over €200,000, after defeating the French Océane Dodin in three sets. In the next round, she will face the winner of the match between Diane Perry of France and Yulia Putintseva of Kazakhstan. Begu is sixth seed at the tournament in Italy. The Romanian is close to equaling her best performance in Palermo. In 2012, she reached the semi-finals. And that was the news from Bucharest, Radio Romania International.
1: Romania is among the first NATO member states to ratify Sweden's and Finland's NATO accession. I'm Anna-Maria Popescu with more details in this commentary written by Bogdan Matei. <music> Putin wanted less NATO and is getting more of it instead, commentator's note, mentioning that one of the pretexts used by Kremlin to invade Ukraine on February the 24th was that the pro-Western regime in Kiev wanted the country to join the North Atlantic alliance. The consequence, however, is that NATO is about to expand to the Scandinavian peninsula. As far back as last year, when few believed Putin will actually attack, Finland and Sweden firmly rejected any Russian interference with their sovereign decisions regarding a prospective NATO accession. Sweden has not been involved in a war for centuries and it was quite attached to its profile as an entirely peaceful international player. Occupied by the Tsarist Empire until 1917 and at war with the Soviet Union between 1939 and 1944, Post-war Finland preserved a strictly neutral stance, and its politicians avoided any statement or action that could have been construed as anti-Soviet. The country joined the European Union in 1995, but stayed away from NATO. According to analysts, it is precisely such Finlandization of Ukraine that the Russian president was seeking. But the invasion of Ukraine was exactly what pushed the public opinion and political leaders of the two Scandinavian countries out of neutrality and prompted them to apply for NATO accession. Although on summer recess, the Parliament of Romania Wednesday convened in a special sitting and ratified Sweden's and Finland's accession with overwhelming majority, making Romania one of the first allies to do this. All parliamentary parties voted in favor, with floor group leaders emphasizing that this is a proof of European solidarity and a necessary step given the current security context severely affected by the war in Ukraine. The 30 NATO member states initiated the accession ratification on July 5th in Brussels. The Alliance's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said at that point that this was truly a historic moment and that a 32-member NATO will be even stronger. Turkey is the only member country that made Finland's and Sweden's accession conditional on their government's commitment with respect to fighting Kurdish terrorism. The protocol, signed in Brussels, enables Finland and Sweden to take part in NATO meetings and to access classified information, but does not provide military protection under the famous Article 5 of the Organization's Charter, which says that an attack against one member state is an attack against all. Article 5 will take effect only after all member states have ratified the document, a process which, according to experts, may take up to one year. 21 of NATO's 30 members are also affiliated to the European Union. After Finland's and Sweden's accession, only Austria, Cyprus, Ireland and Malta will remain outside the alliance. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget, you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook.
2: Next in this program, sports.
1: Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The Romanian athlete Alin Firfirica came out seventh in the discus throw finals of the World Athletic Championships hosted by the US city of Eugene, Oregon. Firfirica's throw was 65.67 metres, his best performance this season. The gold medal went to Christian Teh of Slovenia, who broke the world championships record with 71.13 metres. In the women's high jump event, Romania's Daniela Stancho ranked 10th with 1.93 metres, the same result she had in the qualifying round. The world title went to Australian Eleanor Patterson for a 2.02 metres jump. Romania's women's EP team, made up of Greta Veres, Alexandra Predescu, Cristina Constantinescu, and Bianca Bena, Came out 11th on Wednesday in the World Fencing Championships in Cairo. In the men's sabre event, Romania's team, comprising Julian Teodosiu, Razvan Ursaki, George Dragomir, and Kodrin Kosmulanu, lost to Turkey in the very first round and ranked 17th at the end of the competition. Romania has so far won two bronze medals in Cairo, both of them in individual events. Thanks to Julian Teodosiu in the saber competition, and Maria Boldor in women's foil. <music> the Romanian tennis player Irina Begu managed to qualify in the quarterfinals of the WTA 250 tournament in Palermo, Italy, with 200,000 euros in prize money. On Wednesday, she outplayed Océane Dodin of France. 166264 in a match that ended almost at midnight. Begu, seed number six, won the match after two hours and four minutes. The two athletes had played twice before, with one win each. The French player won the 2019 Wimbledon second-round match, while Irina Begu beat her in the first round of this year's Australian Open. For her performance in Palermo, Irina Bego receives 60 WTA points. The 2 times swimming world champion David Popovich and his coach Adrian Radulescu were decorated by President Klaus Johannes on Wednesday in a ceremony held at Kotrochen Palace. The head of state awarded the swimmer the Star of Romania National Order for his performance at the World Swimming Championships in Budapest this June. And that was Sports Flash. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. And today we bring you a piece released recently by Andra. A dance tune perfect for summer parties... Well Well is a song about teenage love, with an optimistic message about love as a puzzle where all pieces fit together, Andra says about her new single.
2: Radio Romania International
0: Traveller's Guide.
3: to Traveller's Guide. I'm Cristina Mateuscu. The peaks and fast-flowing rivers of the Carpathian Mountains invite tourists to test their limits practicing various sports and activities. Adventure tourism means above all adrenaline and fun. Most adventure tourism packages in Romania cover three distinct areas of the country – Wallachia, Transylvania and Moldavia – each with its specific features. Twelve years ago, Emilia Campanu and her husband set up a company specializing in adventure tourism. Today, the two work as rafting guides accredited by the International Rafting Federation, Emilia Campanu. A lot has changed since we first started. The range of activities has grown quite diverse, from rafting to canoeing, kayaking and via ferrata. There are many activities that we include in our offer, but I would always choose rafting on Buzo River because it is suitable both for children and for adults, and families are thrilled with this program. We also love kayaking, and we recommend kayaking on the sea, rivers, and in the Danube Delta. We also organize kayaking classes. Our trekking programs, which may include via ferrata sections, are also quite popular. Travel packages are unique and so is the accommodation. Emilia
1: Campanum.
4: <inaudible>
3: One option is glamping, which is a portmanteau of glamorous and camping. We've built a unique place that combines camping and comfort. We've made all the furniture by hand and the location is in the middle of nature. You can come here just to relax, to enjoy the greenery, go on hikes or just lie in a hammock, sit by the campfire or in the restaurant. But you can also choose from the activities we organise here. You don't need any experience or knowledge. We provide the equipment and our guides are in charge of the training. Our greatest joy is to see precisely those people who had not expected to do a particular activity live here delighted. We asked Emilia Campano what particular area and activity she would recommend. We are in love with the Buzou area. We have lots of activities here, but we also enjoy the area near Baile Herculane resort, where we can also go rafting, canyoning, or kayaking on the Danube. We have explored a lot of the country over the years. Sibiu has beautiful canyons and mountain rivers suitable for kayaking. It all depends on each tourist's taste and on the type of activity they want, but they will certainly have an experience they will never forget. Dan Pantsuru is the manager of a travel company from Brasov that promotes adventure tourism. He says this is a form of tourism for any person regardless of age. And Romania has all the necessary ingredients for adventure tourism to be able to develop in a sustainable way. We have everything, mountains, waterways, every condition to create a perfect atmosphere for outdoor activities. Our website is divided into three sections air, water and land sports but let me tell you about some of the activities suitable for this time of the year some can be practiced on flat water such as lakes there are many such lakes in romania and one of the biggest siriu is located very close to Brasov and not far from bucharest this lake is ideal for kayaking and stand-up paddle a new and very interesting sport as well as rides by motor boats and rowing boats Not far from Siriu, you can find Buzo River, which allows for more adrenaline-pumping activities, such as whitewater rafting. It's an interesting sport that can be practiced by people of all ages. From the water, let's go up into the sky on board an ultralight plane. Dan Panturu explains, It's an incredible experience. Guests will be able to fly with an experimented pilot, who will hand over to the guest when the plane reaches a sufficiently high altitude. But don't worry, the pilot is always in charge. There are two control sticks. Tourists can thus experience what it's like to fly a plane and enjoy the view from up there. This activity is not available to persons under the age of 16. Before flying, guests are trained and the aircraft is thoroughly checked. We've had some foreign tourists who signed up for this activity a few days ago. They came to Brasov to attend an event and wanted to see the surroundings, and they chose this flight by ultralight aircraft. They thought the experience was extraordinary and said Romania is a wonderful country. A less challenging, but no less exciting activity is the exploration of traditional customs and crafts, Dan Panțurum. We are trying to combine outdoor activities with the discovery of local traditions and customs. Everything can be done in the same area and can be combined in a very interesting way. Romania is one of the most spectacular countries when it comes to adventure tourism and is becoming an increasingly popular such a destination with foreign tourists. And that was Traveller's Guide.
1: Time now for a quick music break on Radio Romania International. Listen to The Humans with a song called Goodbye.
4: It's time for me to say goodbye. It's fine. I've tried a million times to kiss the emptiness and make her mine. I should've.
2: Coming up (music) next… Generation
5: 3.0 Hello and welcome to Generation 3.0. I am Ganin Kocoyu. Ramon Albu is 27 years old and is head coordinator of the Korean branch of the League of Romanian Students Abroad. She was born in Bucharest, and before going to East Asia, she graduated the Swintu National College in Bucharest, then the English-language School of Business Administration with the Economic Studies Academy. She also did one year of graduate studies in entrepreneurship and international business at the same university. She got to Korea in 2018 with a scholarship offered by the government in Seoul and she said she picked this country because she is passionate about Korean language and culture, which helped her get adjusted better. There aren't many similarities between Romanian and Korean lifestyles. On the bright side, since I was passionate by this culture, the shock was not so big. Of course, when I got here, I found a few things that surprised me, but I didn't despair. Getting here, seeing how things work, starting from the way the school system is built, at least on the graduate studies side, down to the way in which society works and the way people interact. Yes, all this was very different. I think the most shocking part was the way in which university works here, the way they teach, the way they give grades, take exams, and the way they actually teach. I think this was what impressed me the most. Ramona signed up with the LRSA in January 2021, only a few weeks after the former coordinator, Laura Stan, had reopened that branch. The latter was also a guest on our feature. LRSA Korea had been inactive since
0: 2016. The, the
5: branch started with Laura, then with me, and we continued adding members, and we practically rebuilt together. Right now we have 12 members, which I think is impressive. In the meantime, I took over as coordinator, and we continue growing. I tried to develop projects that are useful to Romanian students in South Korea. In the previous year, we managed to publish a student guide with information for potential students who want to study in Korea and for students who are already here. We also managed to promote Romanian culture in Korea. Last year, in October and November, as part of a project sponsored by a government agency in Seoul, we put together a workshop for Korean and foreign students in Korea, a workshop in which we also talked about Romania, our culture, our history and our food. Together with the embassy, we also managed to put together a few small events. This year, we are trying to develop our website because we realized that a presence online is very important. We managed to fill it with information in order to get people to find us. We are also trying to put together a blog with all kinds of articles that are useful both to Romanian students in Korea, but also to Koreans who would like to learn about Romania. You have been listening to Generation
6: 3.0.
2: You are listening to Radio Romania International.
7: Coming up next in the programme, here is Music of Romania with me, Eugen Nasta. Today we bring you a fine choice of traditional tunes played on traditional string instruments we begin with an old traditional song performed by Marin Cotuanza on the Copsa, an accompanying instrument used in Moldavia, Wallachia and southern Transylvania since the 16th century. Accompanying Marin Cotuanza is Radio Romania's traditional music orchestra conducted by Mario Solmazo. <laughs> Violin or the fiddle is largely used in Moldavia, Muresh, in northern Transylvania, or Altenia in the south. Next up in the program, here is fiddler virtuoso Tudor Pana with Horace Spicato. The mandolin is an 8-string instrument originating from Italy. Coming up next in the program, here is a mandolin virtuoso from Dobroja in the southeast, Grigori Chiazzam, performing a dance from Dobroja. The dulcimer is a typical instrument for the traditional fiddler's orchestra. You're now invited to listen to a love song performed by a Romanian dulcimer virtuoso, Tony Ordake. The guitar is arguably the most popular traditional string instrument. We end music of Romania with a fine traditional song from Maramures, performed by Maria and Mihai Nemes on the guitar and the violin respectively.
2: Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International, in the spotlight. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to a new edition of our weekly feature In the Spotlight with me, Daniel Bills at the Microphone. Today, we invite you to a book launch. Stay tuned. In late June, the Diplomatic Club in downtown Bucharest hosted an interesting event, the launch of the Romanian translation of two books written by the Secretary-General of the Arab League, His Excellency, Ahmed Abul Gait. Suggestively entitled Egypt's Foreign Policy in Times of Crisis, My Testimony and Witness to War and Peace Egypt the October War and Beyond, the books have been written by an Egyptian diplomat who has been in the service of his country for 46 years. Let's now listen to the author himself telling the story of the two books. We have the speech His Excellency delivered during the book launch by courtesy of the Arab section of Radio Romania International.
8: The story of of the two books, actually, there is an Arab, Arabic version, and today we have the Romanian version. I will tell you the story of both the Arabic version and the Romanian Virgin in between it has been translated into English Spanish Serbian and Chinese and Russian the Arabic version was triggered when there was a kind of a kind of an upheaval in Egypt in 2011 I was foreign minister then. So through upheavals, states and countries pass through difficult times. Because of this, the title of the book is Egypt's foreign policy in times of crisis. I left the foreign service. I was Egyptian foreign minister for seven years. I was an Egyptian diplomat for 39 years. So, altogether, it was 46 years serving the Egyptian state. When I left, as I say, it was a turmoil. And through turmoils, you have to put and to lay down the facts to everybody to, for people to understand. There has been lots of discussions and talks and many, many issues that were raised during these times difficult times so i decided to write the two books in
2: 1972 ahmed abul guide who at that time served with the national security adviser of his country came to romania as part of the egypt delegation which was trying to reach an agreement with israel i claim
8: i was lucky why i was lucky because in 72 I was a young man of 30 years old, 72. I was serving with the Egyptian National Security Advisor in his office as one of his aides. So he was responsible for finding a settlement between Egypt and Israel and trying to reach some understanding with the Israelis whereby they would withdraw from. and Egypt would render a certain recognition to Israel. So I came to Romania and I write in the book and I went with him to the Black Sea to see the president then. We tried our best to convince the Israelis to accept uh, the Egyptian point of view And the Romanian link was very crucial at the time because Romania was using its good offices to help both parties, Israel and Egypt, to reach a kind of understanding. That failed. With the failure, Egypt went to the United Nations to reach a certain decision on the part of the Security Council where the Americans blocked it. So there was remaining one resort. Egypt resorted to So the idea of the first book, Witness to War and Peace, emanated from that point. And I started at the time, in 72, 73, writing. Everything I read, everything I witness, everything I, I even had an idea of, I was registering it.
2: The two aforementioned books were published in crucial times when the Muslim Brotherhood was ruling Egypt. But according to the author, the truth had to be stated. So when the time came to
8: write about my experience in this regard, I wrote the first book. Then comes the second book. With the upheaval in Egypt, there has been lots and lots of Claims and counterclaims. So I wanted to put the facts. I laid down the facts as I saw them, and as I, I st- understood them, in a second book, the My Testimony: Egyptian Foreign Policy in Times of Crisis. So two books were published within the span of eleven months. They came to be bestsellers in Arabic. One as a young Egyptian diplomat witnessing events and trying to contribute to such events while he is still junior, and another as foreign minister of uh, a very uh, influential and important country in the Middle East, Egypt. That is the story of the two books as published in uh, 2012. They were published in crucial times, when Muslim brothers were ruling Egypt. And in one of the books, it is very critical. I'm very critical of the Muslim brothers at the time, narrating what had happened with the Americans, with the Egyptians, with the Europeans, in relation to the Muslim brothers. I recall my late mother in 2012 telling me, are you to publish such a book? While they are ruling Egypt, you will be put to, to the jail immediately. But truth has to, to be stated. I put the two books and they were there. Nothing happened, thank God.
2: During the speech he delivered at the launch ceremony, the Secretary-General of the Arab League, His Excellency Ahmed Abul Gait, also referred to the Romanian translation of his books. Then comes the Romanian
8: uh, experience. There was an Egyptian ambassador here by the name of Salah uh, or sadiq he calls uh, Hossam Zaki, my chief of cabinet, uh, an important Egyptian diplomat, a very influential Egyptian diplomat, actually. So he tells him, Hossam, I have a very influential Romanian intellectual who is very much interested in Arab culture in Arab issues, and Arab books, and Arab translations. And he says that the two books are really fascinating to the point that he wants to translate them. I wouldn't mind, it is the Egyptian publisher who has to, to agree. Would you please invite him, Salah? So Luciano comes to Cairo, meets me in, in my office then comes to my apartment and I tell him, at your disposal, anything. And he was so full of enthusiasm towards uh, translating the two books.
2: And that's all from our weekly feature in the spotlight. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk.
7: Welcome to Simply Folk, I'm Eugen Nasta. Florin Ologianu is a well-known traditional music vocalist, but also a well-established researcher of traditional music in Romania. Florin Ologianu boasts half a century of artistic activity And you are now invited to listen to one of his most popular songs, Praising the Days of Youth.
0: And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC, on 9.760 kHz in the DIM system and on 11.850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC, on 15.320 and 17.670 kHz. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl.ri.row. Goodbye. <coughs>